Here's part two of our conversation on monogamy and marriage. Yeah, and something I think is so interesting and TikTok brought this up to me is so many people romanticize like relationships from like olden days. And it's like you're romanticizing relationships that I don't even think our grandparents really wanted to be in. They just, it was a different time. And I'm like, if our grandmas could have the freedom to have the relationships or not to have the relationships that we have now, I think they'd probably choose now. Because a lot of them just couldn't get out of these situations. It wasn't because they were like, like we said, it wasn't because they loved Earl. They just were like Mm -hmm. holding Earl down. They stayed with Earl because they had to. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. There was no like, like you're romanticizing something that was like not not romantic and, yeah not romantic <laughs> and not fair and not and totally like inequitable like yeah so i think when people say like old school love or like struggle love i'm like I, that's not that's cute that's like sign number one for me to run because i'm like no. yeah that's not cute nothing about that is cute no at all it's cute and i'm not saying that like a relationship and or love has to be easy because it's not it's, it's work right mm-hmm. but it, it it what it does not have to be is toxic and struggle love is toxic. Mm-hmm. We're not about to be fighting every day like Earl and Shirley over mm-hmm. Bethany down the street. We're not, we just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, and, uh, p- the people that glamorize that, it's like, no, 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 baby. No, babes. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. toxic. And you're participating in toxic behavior. Let's not do that. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. Like when people are like, yeah, romanticizing, like if this was just back in the 1950s, and I'm like, you want to go, you want to go back to the no. 1950 or 60s where like women listened or men did this. It was a real women or real men or like these, this idea of like, somehow having a, a relationships were somehow better back then in a different in an earlier time and they were just more oppressive like patriarchy was just was just more intact which meant kept men falsely in these like positions of power even hmm. even if they didn't deserve it and kept which makes me people. think i feel like those people that are looking at these things they are truly like seeing one side of the situation they're seeing like the things that people have made presentable um, or easy for the eye to to um, to want to have, right? But mm-hmm. th- I don't think people really know the ins and outs of what life was like then, mm-hmm. um, or what relationships were like back then. Outside of um, maybe men, men may want that because they can truly benefit from that. It was more beneficial for them to deal with a woman that was like that because the woman couldn't say anything. She needed him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus well, women, no like she had limited social power to have build a life for herself independent yeah. of a man. We won't say that she yeah. couldn't say anything or wouldn't say anything because yeah, yeah, we know grandmas who will like, you know, who definitely will go there. Who will definitely go there? <laughs> yeah, but we're talking socially have the power to really yeah create lives for themselves that was harder for sure yeah yeah that's what I mean by that not necessarily she could not say anything or that she could not do anything because there were some women that did you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um but it was first of all it was not quote-unquote socially acceptable and it was pretty difficult um but the only person that that narrative benefits if they like the idea of having relationship from the 1950s is a man so I, I wonder if it's um was it a female or was it a male that was pushing that idea? Honestly, a lot of times it is the men who are pushing those ideas of like, mm. you know, marriage. Like it was just like better back then or like, yeah. you know, grandma was like holding it down, you know. But like, Which is, grandma was holding me, it down. That was a lot of... But grandma was also being beat. <laughs> like, yeah, right, yeah. Y'all Mind you, gr- granny was likely a single parent, like. Oh yeah, what? or like technically just really a single parent. Like yeah, yeah, they like they're like something else I heard people say, which I think is so interesting, is like they romanticize the stuff that their moms went through. They're like, My mom had four jobs and was a single mom and Thank you. at work. And it's like, Yes, but your mom was struggling. Why are you romanticizing that? It's not yeah. that But then okay you don't want a woman that does that. that. Like she's too independent if she does that in your relationship. It's mm-hmm. freaking ridiculous. Like it's you have to pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very, it's, it's like you're romantic people instead of romantic or trying to evolve and fix the problem and say, how can we be better? They want to romanticize the problem and like yeah. go back to it. And it's weird. Very, very, very yeah. weird. Yeah, I, I just I really do think that like men push that narrative because it's more beneficial for them. Back then yeah, it was. Some at the top of the hierarchy without doing yeah. the work just by virtue exactly. of being male. 
Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. I I saw something with Cam Newton the other day, and he was saying something about like um, basically. I think I think because I don't want to quote him. He was like, "No, that's not what he said." Um, but something along the lines of he wants a woman that's basically not as independent and who is basically his subordinate, right? Um, but like, it's like my guy. First of all, sure, you have a, an amazing career, so maybe you can support that lifestyle. Most men can. <laughs> most men can. You know what I mean? In this day and age, most people can't live by themselves. You know, like you you can't afford it for one. For two, um, with how life is going, it's. It's harder and harder you've, to not have first of all, incomes. Yeah, for one. And for two, who, where are these women at that you trying to find that's just not independent anymore? Like, most women want something for themselves, have goals and aspirations, or dreams and things. Who else is going to do yeah. it? Yeah, like, exactly. They had, I, they had this really weird idea that until, like, they came along in your life, you were just, like, sitting and somebody was, like, providing everything for you. Like, you don't think yeah. I pay for this car? You don't think I pay exactly. for this for you know exactly. school. you don't think i pay for the food that i eat you don't think i pay for the clothes mm-hmm. that i'm wearing like all this stuff is stuff that i have worked to purchase you acted like i was just sitting here waiting for you to show up and like do all yeah these come things. rescue me on a freaking uh <laughs> carriage like, boy. You know, some, of them will, some of them like approach you that way as if like i'm here to save the day no worries oh, yeah. and it's like nobody asked you to be here exactly <laughs> like i can here. save my own day Exactly. And as a matter of fact, I think that's a lot of my issue with like men is that if I can do good about myself, there's no need for you and your problems and your exactly. complication, and your toxicity and your your trauma and y- y- all the things you got going on. I want no parts of it at and all. I don't know if you know this, but it'd be the most like dusty, crusty. Yes. Talking about something yes. I need to lead. <laughs> Seriously. Like it's always a... <laughs> If we don't have a partnership, we ain't got nothing, baby. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. get out of that. But it really do be the dusties and the crusties, the like crusties. The, you know, you're freaking like drug dealers and stuff like that. Like boy, okay. like what? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No. The, okay. Story time. So the last person who like asked me out. This is this is funny. Caitlin knows knows a little bit about this, but the last person. Let me just give you the profile. This person is like thirty something years old. <laughs> lives with their parents works like you know film pa jobs which i work i do that stuff too i'm not saying i don't i also have a nine to five but you also have a real job yeah and i have i have that for steady income you know i pay for all everything that i i need right okay I even pay my cell phone bill because a lot of a lot of people be our age and still on the family plan. I even pay. Which my I think phone that's bill. a scam. You know, maybe maybe mom can pay that. Yeah, maybe <laughs> <she> <laughs> <can>. <laughs> maybe that one bill. <laughs> but um, so everything I consume, I do, I pay for myself. I'm not saying I have a lot of money, but I handle those things right. And I'm not saying this person doesn't do their thing either. But I'm like, you coming over as if you are somehow beneficial to my life, and you don't even have yours together like you see what i'm saying like it'd be those types who are like i'm here to save the day and i'm yeah. like you couldn't save a, a fly if a you fly. Want <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> save like i'm actually mm-hmm. i would be more beneficial to you at this moment in time you see what i'm saying yeah like and i think that's why these 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 uh standards and codes and ideas have to start changing because a lot of times men women are coming into the relationships with more having it's achieved more, oh yeah having done more and mm-hmm. are benefiting the men in ways that men are not prepared to really understand or handle and the thing is if you just evolve and change your outlook it's fine to have somebody a woman make more than you or do more than you or have yeah. you know we have things more together than you it's fine you just can't be in some weird ego trippy situation about it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like most women are looking for a partnership anyway. And um, I think that's what they go into the idea of looking for. However, I don't know if they find that very often because I feel like that's rare to find. Heck, I have never found it mm-hmm. um, for one. And so they end up settling for the guy that may be, you know, giving instead of giving his 25 percent to the relationship, he's giving maybe 26 percent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Courtney were talking earlier about the um like emotionally, how are how are guys able to give um, give their emotions to multiple 
multiple women. And we came to the conclusion that men aren't able to give their emotions to multiple women. They're giving bits and pieces to this one and that one and that one and that one, which may equal, you know, 100 percent, not even probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, men need to, um, I think, be honest with themselves and the type of relationships that they're looking for. So if marriage is not the, the right relationship for you, then go explore polyamory. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, be um, and communicate that clearly to people. Don't exactly. And I promise you, there's some females out there that would love to be in a relationship like that. Go find what you need. You know what I mean? And I think, so, yeah, I agree. I think there's something, this might be another conversation for another day, but a lot of men like the idea of, convincing a woman to do something that she didn't necessarily agree to to begin with does that make sense yeah Mm -hmm. like the idea of somebody who's only invested in monogamy being like convinced or turned into somebody who like will do whatever they say to do that's that's effed up and that's well they feel ownership in being able to say oh well i turned her into this or she she does it now because I say so. Because of me. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what those older style relationships would do. Like we were saying with Pauline and Earl. Pauline didn't consent to anything but a, mon- a monogamous relationship. But because Earl went and stepped out and did what Earl was going to do, mm-hmm. then she ends up in a, a polyamorous relationship she did not consent to. And then exactly. what did Earl do? Brag to his buddies about it. Like, oh, yeah, we're I'm with Pauline and that's my old lady. And, but I got... Surely oh, nothing more pissing me off than that one. I'm old lady. Like old what? Lady, what yeah. does that mean? That means I don't like that, that one. That means you're ignorant. That's what I think. But anyway, <laughs> so child. So, but but we know we know how they talk, and we know you know it's like old heads talking, right? It's like uh-huh. that's kind of how they romanticize that stuff because that's like that's what they saw their dads do. That's what they, you know, it's a form of like power and control for them. That I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think that that's the only that's some one of the only means of power and control for them is controlling the lives and narratives of women right yeah because that's something men have always been told that they're entitled to is access to a woman mm-hmm. so yeah, whenever you're ready you know like as if they're yeah. like just waiting for yeah. you hand and foot agree even the most like down out homeless whatever men feel like they have should have access to women that's why like mm-hmm. homeless people hit on you on the street because like mm-hmm. they all feel like they should have access to women oh yeah um, yeah no matter what even the idea of like um of, of uh rape culture they mm-hmm. feel like they have access to a woman you know what i mean like as it if should, yeah. if you do one thing that equals this and so i can take advantage of you kind of thing exactly. um and so, you know the idea of pushing this nuclear family and you know having this husband as uh I'm going to go ahead and say the owner of this relationship mm-hmm. perpetuates that idea that he has access to any and everything about you and what you exactly. do and how you do it. And that's not the case anymore. Yeah. And that's what that I think there's so many instances in society where because men are placed in charge of things like, like you said, the owner of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get into something abuse. Like you're going to do what I say, do when I say do it. Controlling. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's already primed and positioned to be the head of the household i if i provide the house if i pay the bill then i'm in control of this relationship if that's what society yep. is telling them if that's what we're all paying into buying into why wouldn't he be controlling why wouldn't he then hit his wife or hit his kids because he mm-hmm. feels like he owns them yeah right? for sure like yeah any guy that says something like that red flag run red flag yeah <laughs> seriously if he's like i want to be head of the household i want to to me that's a red flag to I me agree. that's something you're trying to control me period exactly so that's why I, th- I think you know so we have to when we deconstruct these ideas we're deconstructing a lot it's not just a you know change one law or change one you know one sector of society it's about mm-hmm changing even how, how we can think about these relationships how we think about who's who's in tr- control who has power who has this who has that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. these, these things are so deep and embedded and that's how that's how you, to me you can get men or people who are so repulsive it's because they've been fed and fed and fed and fed and told that this is what they're supposed to do all their lives or how they're supposed to behave sure. all of their lives do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like these, you know, whenever I see somebody or uh, whenever I see somebody who does something, specifically men who do something out of pocket or out of character, I'm like, my first thought is no longer, oh, you you just did this, you're an a-hole or whatever. I think 
this person has been groomed, socialized to think that this is okay. That's why they did it with ease. They didn't mm-hmm. blink an eye doing it because this is what they think they should do. I, don't, I feel like I feel like a lot at this day and age, it's hard not to know, like with access to social media, the Internet, different things. It's hard not to know. But I think it's just different than, than women's spaces. Unfortunately, I'm learning that that male spaces. Oh, I know that. But what I'm saying is I feel like they feel like it's excusable because I'm a man. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like I can do this because I'm a man and I can get away with it. Like, what is she going to do? You know, I think that's I think that's true. But again, I think. Unfortunately, I was thinking that men were growing up under the same like ideas and socialization that we are, but they're not. They're mm. a lot oh, of yeah, them no. are still being raised like it's nineteen fifty, and that's mm-hmm. scary. And, and I think beyond nineteen fifties, a lot of them I feel like are being raised to be moms, quote unquote, man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so they put them in these positions of. Um, being like the head of the household um but it's very different being with your mom quote unquote as a mate as disgusting as that sound versus a woman in today's time your mom was old school and how she perceived things and how she wanted things on top of your mom enabling you i don't think our generation is pushing that narrative anymore i'm not about to enable if you cannot contribute something to me then i cannot contribute anything to you there's nothing to offer I think that's true, but that and this gets into the idea of like when moms this might be another podcast, but when moms raise their sons to essentially become their mate because their mate, again, if we're using Pauline and Earl, Earl's running off to Shirley's every however long. Pauline, her next son, you know, Earl Jr. EJ is (laughs) these okay this could be a legit family especially black family you know Mm -hmm. ej becomes the man of the household and she starts to treat ej like he is her husband right so she starts Mm -hmm. to give him all the breaks that she would give earl she starts to use you know all the language that she would use with earl with ej because ej is the next male in the household so she gets in this emotionally incestuous relationship with ej she should be in a relationship with Earl, but Earl's where? With Shirley, right? Or Honestly, she should school. be with no one. Leave well, Earl that's, that's and let EJ enjoy his childhood. That's what we That's what we say now because we're analyzing this stuff. But back then, it's like, what was her other option? Yeah. Because truthfully, EJ was kind of a captive audience. EJ had to be there because that was his mom. True. And he was the True. only social capital mm-hmm. or the social. He, he really had no other place to go. So. Mom. What do you yeah. say? I'm saying he really has no place to go either. Exactly. So that's how you end up in a lot of emotionally incestuous relationships is because dad's out of the picture for whatever reason or dad's emotionally uninvested. Uh-huh. So what does mom do? Invest in the next man, which is EJ. EJ. Yep. That's disgusting, but I guess that's I mean, how that it works. It's so odd to me because, like, it I, happens. I, a lot of people, it, no, it happens all the time. It all, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but um, I think even in our generation, it happens to this day. But mm-hmm. um, I think that. Mama's boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder, which makes me wonder, because I don't see it as much, I guess, in other uh, ethnicities and or uh, races. Mm-hmm. Um I mainly see it in the African American community. So I wonder I, I wonder as well. I think it's an American huh? thing. Could I mean be. I know it happens in white communities as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we know the people we know specifically who do this are black because we like our media is black. But mm-hmm. I think it happens in white communities as well. It's the mama's boys thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's an American thing because, again, back to that nuclear family, it's the idea that we have to have a man and a woman leading this. Mm-hmm. And if it comes down to the man emotionally uninvesting and leaving or whatever, for whatever reason, the next best person steps into place, who is EJ, the son. Yeah, which is odd to me because I would think, don't be wrong, I understand women have a more difficult time in um and being, I guess, and during that time, during being independent and figuring things out for themselves. But I wonder why your son is your first option, not maybe let me figure this out. Let me see what my other options are. You know what I mean? Well, I think, yes, because I don't think they think it, I think it's easier for the son because they don't think, oh, I'm they're not sleeping with the son. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, 
weird and wrong, but they emotionally are investing in them because they're the next man around. And they can kind of hide it under the guise of, well, I'm mom taking care of him. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if it's the idea. But you're also putting this emotional responsibility on him. You're putting him Mm -hmm. to the level of a partner. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not setting that clear boundary like this is my son, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Very true. That's disgusting, but. It's disgusting. It's called emotional incest. Yeah. No, if I have a kid, I promise you, what I do to my girl, I would do to my boy, period. I, I do. I don't like I don't really care what gender you are. You can be frog for all I care. Um, you going to clean up just like your sister's going to clean up and vice versa. The things that she does, you're going to do, too. You know what I mean? Um, and out, even outside of that, I think it's important um, to raise a son to see marriage if there is a a marriage to see marriage as a partnership Mm -hmm. and I don't think that narrative is is pushed enough and I I think it stems from you know generational trauma and stuff like that um so I I get it on that aspect but like we have got to change the narrative here because they're not gonna be kids soon enough you know people gonna stop having kids period I I mean I don't not period that's kind of dramatic but um, a lot of people just don't want to have kids for that reason alone. You know, they see a life that's better without kids. Hmm? Well, there's the birth rate is declining, and I think it's yeah. Um, they're saying that more people actually have pets than children, and I'm like, I believe it because a pet is cheaper. Yeah, um, honestly, it's a longer, a, lot, a shorter commitment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, there's less emotional. Uh, uh, there's less emotional entanglement there. Well, not less for emotional sure. entanglement, but like there's you know less there's emotional responsibility for sure. Responsibility, yeah. Like mm-hmm. that loves you because you feed them. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, so I you're also not raising this this child. Like, for example, for a pet, you're not raising this this pet to be you know the best society or the best person in society, and you don't have all that like pressure to to make this thing turn out great. And that's not to say that, you know, even parents that really do a great job, there's still going to be something that you did wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this, pr- this pressure, I think, in our society that you have to raise this perfect child um, with this nuclear family. Um, first of all, that's, that's just not how parenting goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. First of all, uh, let alone the nuclear family probably won't last according to statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, or yeah. I think it's expand the idea of what family can look like is expanding rapidly with the changing times. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's not that mom and dad, you know, heterosexual nuclear family won't exist totally because I think that will still be something that people will choose. But mm-hmm. I think it's becoming more and more normal to not have that and still think that people can be fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think the standard is still the idea that if you come from a two parent household, mom and dad in the household, then that's going to produce the best type of citizen in our world. Like that's the standard for how someone becomes a good person. Right. But we've seen over and over again, people who have issues and so many problems come from this two-parent household with mom and dad like you know what I mean like isn't there's not there's no guarantee in that uh type of family structure Uh what I mean I think that's becoming we're understanding more and more that it's it's not about what it looks like that Uh makes the the a model citizen from the children it's about the kind of uh the quality quality of the Uh the family the dynamics you know what I mean for sure yeah, yeah. People's I, values I, are different. Exactly. Like, I always say, like, what really got me is when I went to college and I saw so many people who came from wealthier families, like, you know, just popping Adderall all day or can't sit up in class and, like, because they're, like, drunk from whatever I'm like. And they come from mom and dad in the same household. And I was like, I'm coming from a single-parent household. And college was no problem for me. There was no issue. I didn't have these I didn't have these issues with, you know, trying to be this or be that or trying to have certain yeah. ways or have whatever. There was none of that for me. You know what I mean? And I technically, mm-hmm. should, I guess I should have been, been the one stressed out and on this and that by optics. Right. But I wasn't. And it was because the 
kind of parenting, the kind of family, our family structure was versus Mm -hmm. the optics of it. Mm -hmm. So do you think that single parent households, because I know that's what we were raised in, is Mm -hmm. more beneficial for a child than um, a two parent household? I think a single parent household is beneficial when uh, is more beneficial when the single parent is most invested in the child's upbringing and doing it in a positive mm-hmm. way because if one parent is detracting from that and one parent is yeah. toxic and there's only one parent anyways we may as well remove that parent for sure yeah you see okay if yeah, it's a two-parent yeah. household where they're both lovingly coming together to help raise a child i think that's great too mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's necessarily any better than a single parent household who can provide the same things i'm not saying mm-hmm. one's better than the other but the more people who pu- who pour into a child the better that's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and who's to say that just because there's a physically a sing- one single parent doesn't mean they don't have a village of people who are also pouring into that child. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different types of family structures and networks that I think we cut out when we try to say it has to look this nuclear family. And that's yeah. the standard. Very true. Very true. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I definitely think that um, to put it into context, like our situation um we are better off being with a single parent than versus our parents being together our parents being together would have been even more harmful um because of the, the one of them was definitely um was was the leech and he was definitely leeching you know he was he was sucking everybody dry in the situation mm-hmm. and so uh, if, if my mom was constantly contributing you know, all of these good parenting things into her or, or stealing all these parenting things into us. Um, and then he's constantly pulling away. Then you're really not doing anything at all. You're, you're in a deficit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I couldn't imagine. I, I couldn't imagine. Ever, my thing is I don't even say what the size and status of the family is because you could put four or five parents in there. You oh, know, yeah. You could have. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's who and is how we are raising this child and what agreement yeah. we come to about how we're raising this child. It's the Absolutely. quality we're providing to these children mm-hmm, and to mm-hmm. the marriage. Oh, I agree. Or yeah. the marriage or the partnership or the whatever is happening in our household. Mm-hmm. It's not about to me, you know. Just, yeah, it's about and then, you know, it takes that off of the optics of the family. Mm-hmm. That takes responsibility off of just having optics and it puts responsibility on the individuals and puts the accountability on the individuals to actually do the job, the work of parenting. Yeah, very you know true. Because how many yeah. how many people and how many of y'all listening grew up in a two parent household, but mom was really the only one. But mom was a single parent. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of y'all in yeah. single parent households just like we did. You just happen to have mm-hmm. dad come in and out and pay the bills. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Especially like, in African-American households. And that's yeah. typically the narrative. A, a lot of people end up in those situations and they resent dad because dad's supposed to be doing X, Y, Z or whatever. And I was like, our situation just happened to remove dad. So we didn't have that issue. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I never want to say that family has to look a certain way it, i say the family needs to behave a certain way that's what i say yeah it yeah needs it needs to be way. a quality unit if it's going to be a unit if not yeah. it needs to be um you know maybe maybe just that single person um having having the responsibility of that child and or you know you know these days people are single just choosing to have a kid by themselves because they don't want all of that all, the yucky stuff that may come with having a third party person mm-hmm. in. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I watched this one thing where this lady, she was a lawyer and um, she knew she was at a conference, met another lawyer and they both wanted a kid. And so they decided to have a child and co-parent. Um, and she, uh, I think she, she said she wanted a child by herself because she didn't want to take in another person's opinion, but she knew that she needed a guy to have this child. This was back in the day. So I don't think sperm banks were readily available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, she has a kids with, have a, has like one child with this guy and it ends up being, she said one of the the hardest things that she did because she had to co-parent with this person now and she really didn't like him in the beginning in the first place but she was like well he wants a kid like it won't be that difficult because we'll be co-parenting but it really was um 
extremely difficult for her to co-parent with him because his ideas of what should happen and should not happen while not always being there also played a role in what she thought and how she parented. So you really have to, when it comes to parenting, um, which I've had, I guess you could say I've dipped my toe in before. um, You, you gotta be, you gotta be on the same page or I'm telling you. Yeah. You gotta be on the same page. You gotta be, even if if y'all not together on the same page. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, and that's why I think, What's so appealing to me now is like a dog <laughs> or mm-hmm. you know, a rabbit would be great because we we're like rabbit people. So I think um, I I can see why people are just opting for pets because there is no need to co-parent. Yeah. There's no need to include anybody else but you and your your little fur baby. Mm-hmm. And you can be. And there's also a level of like self, uh, self sufficiency there. Um, mm-hmm. This pet can, while I may be able, I like I provide it with food and I have to buy the food. But that bunny, like for my example, I have a bunny. Um, he eats for himself. He feeds himself. He poops for himself. Like, you know, he's extremely independent. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we have we have our relationship, which is. Um, I guess you can say partly transactional, but you know, he gives me what he can give. I give him what I can give and that's it. You know? Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Uh, even for like uh, relationships, as far as like um, a partner, I think pets are easier as well. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, I just think partnerships are, um, I mean, obviously partnerships are complex, Monogamy is complex. Marriage is complex. These things have layers to them, and it depends on the individual. But again, I think what we're everything we're really saying is it goes back to the the kind of person you're in a partnership with that you are in a relationship with. How are we building and constructing our lives together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, what I'm saying, yeah. And like how it's not, you know, how for if you're in a heterosexual relationship, it's not how he is making his life better. It is a we, you know what I mean? Like it has to be beneficial for both parties. It cannot be one sided um, on either party. Exactly. So tell me about this then. Do you think we're in a world where um, in, in a society of post monogamy? Um. I don't know if we're post-monogamy in the sense of like monogamy will like go away forever and there's like no such thing yeah. as monogamy anymore. There are people who are still going to choose monogamy as their relationship preference. Absolutely. But I think with things like, uh, you know, I think with things like birth control and like the way our society is running now, mm-hmm. uh, the need, there's no need for a lot of people the way they see it. There's no need for them to stay in a solely, I'm with this one person, I'm just going to reproduce with this one person, or I'm just going to stay with this Uh one person. I think there is less need for people who are already interested in exploring other relationship types. Uh I think there's less direct need for that. Yeah, I agree. I I do think that I don't think we're fully there. I don't think monogamy would ever go away. However, um, I think if people were more honest um, and communicated what they wanted out of a relationship more openly and upfront, then I think the idea of monogamy would slowly go away. I think there's gray area because people don't communicate and people don't make their intentions um, pure. Yeah. And I think if like, for example, for me, if you've cheated, you've participated in polyamory. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like most people in today's society have participated by maybe cheating or whatever the case may be. People at one time. Yeah. Most people at one time or some way or another. Yeah. They just don't call themselves that for whatever reason. Or you got you are you, polyamorous. You're poly. You're poly. And so, well, I also understand the fact that most people, like the whole label thing, I'm not huge on labels or anything like that. So I understand that. But I think in the terms of when you're dealing with people's emotions, time, um, 
uh, possibly finances and stuff like that, you need to be open and clear about what you want out of a relationship by mm-hmm. figuring that out first before you enter a relationship and pushing those ideas on someone else and mm-hmm. or um, lying about your ideas of what a relationship should look like. Because I promise you, there's plenty of people that are out there that are openly polyamory or open to the idea of trying it. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you just communicate it, took the time to figure out what you want and communicated that to someone else, you were probably more likely than not to find someone that may be interested. Exactly. And you and can then me, live your happy life. <laughs> that makes me think that people are actually, um, that there still is pressure to only identify as like monogamous because if so many people are doing these things, which in secret, which are basically showing that they are polyamorous or at least interested in talking to multiple people at one time, you know, then, but you still, you still never claim the title polyamorous, right? Or, Mm -hmm. which is, you're doing this, but you're not claiming it. You know, I think there still is that social pressure to only engage in monogamy to be seen as like correct or right. Like that's the proper way to engage you know what i'm saying because truly if you were a truly monogamous person if you're not in a relationship with somebody then you would be totally and completely single talking to no one right Mm -hmm. but people rarely if ever do that they're always i got this so so and so on the side or i'm talking to so and so on it so you were never really strictly monogamous exactly exactly Um, so i agree with that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean I, yeah, I, can I think society continues to push that, though, because of the uh, the financial benefit of it, though. You know what I mean? They want well, you to because the think about it. Of it. That, too. But also, too, like the idea of monogamy. Also, uh, a lot of people take that as marriage in, in most contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, just something simple like a marriage. I mean, a, a getting married and having the wedding. That's a huge financial benefit for America. Mm hmm. You got to pay for the for the license to get married. You got to pay to like get, you know, have the ceremony, buy this dress, da, 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 da. you know. So obviously they're going to keep pushing that idea, but it's not about society pushing an idea on you. It's about figuring out what works for you, what doesn't work for you and communicating that to those who you are seeking out um, and or communicating with. No one told me, you know, the relationship that I am, that it was OK to be in the relationship that I am. I'm in. But I, like I'm not seeking that validation from anybody. I'm doing what makes Caitlyn happy at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just think like I think there's I think there's still that overarching pressure to be to to seek out or to have your goal be monogamy at the end of the day, like settling down or coming to this one person for their you know what I mean, finding one mm-hmm. person to settle down with and do that. But I just, I think it's becoming more and more archaic um, to only see monogamy as as the one kind of option, one goal, because I might be ready to settle down. But if I want to settle down and be married to two people and they agree to that, then that's an option too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you have to let go of the idea of monogamy being the only way, the only ultimate goal. Yeah, you know for saying? sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think people need to ask themselves, what is what does a uh, relationship look like for me? Whether that includes monogamy, polyamory, um, polygamy and stuff like that. And I, I do understand that some people will still choose to be monogamist, um, exactly, yeah. which is fine. Um, but I, I really do think if the conversation was up front, I do think more people would be open to the idea, which brings me to the question of... Um, do you think that because women are constantly pushing the idea of monogamy and marriage, that what that is what further perpetuates the idea that you should be um, married and monogamous um, more than the nuclear fa- the idea of the nuclear family today in today's time? Because you mean you think women because women are pushing it. Yeah, because like women ultimately like that's that's their goal. I want to be married. I want to be with one person the rest of my life. Do you mm-hmm. think that narrative is what I feel like? I personally feel like that pushes pushes the idea of monogamy and marriage even more than the idea of the nuclear family. Most people will probably don't even know what the nuclear family is today. I think they go hand in hand. Okay, I think okay. because people see people use monogamy 
in marriage, like I was saying, the basis of that nuclear family is the marriage, is the monogamy, is the mm-hmm. belief that you should be in one sustainable relationship for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and in order to solidify that, you should contractually bind yourself in the state size to that. And then from then you build on to a family. You have a nuclear family, which again benefits the state because mm-hmm. of, for economic and social reasons, right? So I think I think monogamy lends itself, that narrative of monogamy lends itself to the idea of the nuclear family, like they feed into each other. It's like okay. this cyclical symbiotic relationship. Like you can't yeah. have a nuclear family without having the monogamy you know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So I think the one can't really exist without the other. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Or at least in society's that. eyes, that's, that's how they've tried to raise it. Of course, the issue comes when people break that mold and are like, all right, well, I don't want to be monogamous or mm-hmm. I don't even want to be heterosexual or I don't want to have a family. You know what I mean? Like, so when people break that, that's when people decide not to do that, that's when people get uncomfortable. True. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, what do you think about it? I think, um, I agree. I do agree. But I also think that like, because women, you know, we are constantly, uh, being groomed to, want marriage want you know the nuclear family and all that goodness um versus men not necessarily groom for that is enjoy your life and then come back to marriage whenever you you've you know got all your fun out of your system right so when a woman if that's the only thing you're told to want and that is the pinnacle of life is to have this nuclear family that just further perpetuates that idea to me so I think women are constantly pushing that narrative um for one and I think also too when a woman then goes and settles with a man that may not be her perfect or ideal man um for maybe a partnership then she even further perpetuates that idea yeah because at yeah. that point, then she's just settling um, because she wants the nuclear family. Not because she wants to be maybe in that marriage. It's just like, okay, this one's acceptable for me to get what I need to get done or get what I need to get out of it, which may be a home, uh, uh, children, um, the dog and, and, and the fence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Now you're right. Now I get it. I get it. No, I hear you. I just, I guess what's throwing me is like, is it only the woman who settles? Because I can see men settling too. No, no, I definitely think they settle. But they're also able to then go find Bethany down the street as well. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess women can too. I just think there's more of a cultural precedent of men cheating. Yeah. And, you know, and having having the excuses basically to kind of get mm-hmm. away. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's socially acceptable for, for him to have his cake and to eat it too, you know? Yeah. Versus a woman, it's like frowned upon. God forbid she leaves her marriage. Let alone the um, after, effects of, after effects of that. Or if a woman cheats on a man, then he's leaving. You know what I mean? He, she's yeah. deplorable. Versus if a guy does it, oh, well, then he can come back and we can restore this family after I've, you know, maybe I'm in the doghouse for a month. Mm-hmm. So... In the black community, community, we call that trifling. <laughs> it is. We call that toxic. That's what that is. That's toxic. Okay. Toxic. I promise you. I, I don't, you know, and I, the funny thing is, I feel like that idea is perpetuated. Like, you just kind of have to deal as a woman. Like, I like my, not my necessarily my mom, but there are some things in, in, in instances that where my mom was raising us. And she's just like, you know, you just have to deal with it because, you know, you're a woman. You just have to deal with it. I like, that, you know, and you don't. Know, you know, you know, I don't think she meant it directly in a relationship like you have to deal with it. But there was a lot of things that we experienced and it was just like, well, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, you don't have to accept that. You don't. Exactly. You really don't. Yeah, you really don't. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I could see how we could say women are really pushing that idea of monogamy, like especially to their daughters, telling them that like you got to get you should get married and settle down mm-hmm. and have this long-term, you know, life commitment with a man. I can see women really pushing that. And, you know, for mm. us as girls, I mean, I can remember that that's always been something that's been told to us to be like the goal. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in subtle or not so subtle ways, you know. Um, that's what has always been been taught to us. But, you know, as we, we got older, we started developing ideas about our own lives for ourselves. We see that really that narrative doesn't necessarily always work for what our outlook in our life is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to say personally, me, I have never been one to sit and dream about the day I'm getting married to so-and-so or the day I get married. Yeah. Which is why it throws me so much when people approach you and they do want to be in these relationships so bad or they want, mm-hmm. or they see you as a part of like their dream <laughs> or their idea for themselves. Cause you're like, Whoa, buddy, I, that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I've, been thinking about over here so it throws Mm -hmm. me I don't know if that's how you have felt too but it throws me because I'm like uh you've you know you have some sort of idea that I'm not even in agreement with like that's Mm -hmm. not my outlook you know yeah no I would say my experiences I um I, I'm I'm very upfront in our relationships, so I've always been honest about my lack of interest in having commitment. Um, and so I, they were okay with that because I don't think they were looking for commitment either. Um, like you know, we're just hanging out, having a good time, kind of thing. And if it led to that, then sure. But like, I'm not going into any relationship making you give me something that heck I can't even offer it right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not in a place to offer a commitment. Like, you know what I mean? Um, while I don't believe in just dating just to be dating, like it should be purposeful. I also don't go into it with being ignorant and, and expecting you to see you in a dream that may not be there. You know what I mean? If that's not your place, I'm not going to put you in that place. So it's odd to me that guys are going around being like, oh, I see you in my, as my wife. Sure, yeah, but if that doesn't align with my dream, then you you can take me right on out. Exactly. I was, I was actually in a story time, another story time. Um, I was in the store with mom one time, and this person was somebody we knew like as children, like you and I both knew as children. Mm-hmm. And this person had been like following me on Facebook for like a couple of years and like comment every time my birthday, they would like comment like happy birthday. And I, and I kid you not, I had probably not seen this person since I was like 10, 11 years old. But obviously I'm like growing up, like, you know, like living my life. I went to college and everything. So this person would like comment on myself. But I, then I went to like, I was in my hometown in a store with my mom and this person <laughs> It's like, I don't know why you thought this was a pickup line, but this person was like, mom and I were like, you know, doing anything, like getting our stuff from the store. And this person was like, you know, making small chat because mom was like, oh, hey, how you doing? How's your mom doing? Because, you know, we knew her for way, way back, way back when we were kids. And mom was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like, how's your mom? How's your family going? He's like, good. He's like, yeah, my brother's married, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking for a wife, like, looks at me. And I was like, see, I didn't want him to come over here because I already knew, like, this person was, like, commenting on all my Facebook statuses and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, you know, just kind of ignoring it or whatever. And uh, and I was like, people will approach you with, like, that level of intensity because that's what they see for themselves. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily you they see, but they just want that for themselves. Mm-hmm. So then they approach you with that. And then, you know, you're like, that is not even remotely aligned with my, you know what I mean? My outlook on life. Like I would never go up to somebody that I, if I was interested in them and think like, oh, let me bring up the idea of marriage. Cause that's not even something I'm like, you know, like you evolve into that. If you do that at all, you don't just, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not just going to marry you because I have no other options. Yeah. Like, I have to hang out with you, get a feel for you, vibe with you, maybe go on some dates eventually. And then we can get to that point after years. But, like, I'm not about just to sign up, just go and marry you. (laughs) Like, this Mm -hmm. is not married at first sight. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -mm. I did not sign up for that. The thing is, some people just walk around living their lives that way, like... Well, I don't say living their lives away, but that it's clear that that's their ultimate goal, and that's cool, and they like express that. But mm-hmm. it's just it's un, it's like too much too soon because you're like, okay, you know, like I don't know, I really don't know what to tell you, like in this situation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I know I like on this podcast I'm always talking about like weird, creepy encounters with people, but like 
honestly, I think it's weird and creepy because it's very unwarranted. You don't want it. You're not asking for it. So I'm really trying to get myself and leave, but like it's just. Which that individual, I'm pretty sure at one point, if I think, if I'm thinking about the wrong, right person, Mm -hmm. and you say it's from way back in our childhood, which he was always kind of a creep. Yeah. Um, But he was older, a good bit older than us and was like kind of hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he uh, messaged me one time on Instagram and like asked me for my number. Yeah. The same person, I think, if I, if I'm thinking about the right person. Um, And I just ignored it. Like, okay. Is this, is this person somebody who like their mom was like their property manager? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, The same person. See, and that's weird too, because you. (laughs) Yeah, that's odd. (laughs) This was like a while ago, but yeah, no, I still have it on my phone actually. Let me see if I can find it. This was like, yeah, oh, what a weirdo. But yeah. um, this person, yeah, because this person, I ignored every all the Facebook and everything or whatever. I was just like, no, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because uh, I was like, absolutely not, you know. Seriously. But, what the hey? I'm like, yeah. they just have no shame. Like one sister to the other. Come on now. Oh, that person deleted their thing. Oh, they did? Yeah, but no, I have the messages still saved. I didn't respond. That's funny. But I guess you're Bruh, this is what the message says. It says, TBH, I remember me, you and your sis. <laughs> you used to hang in the place where we used to live, good times. And then it, after that, it was it says, what's your number? Bro. Grow up. <laughs> Bro, no, no. And no, just no. You did not get any response, and that is why. Mm-hmm. If one thing Weird. about you is they're gonna like hit you up saying the most off the wall stuff. Yeah. Like, just like uh, like this is the first thing you say and like no. Yeah, no, it's very off vibes. Very off vibes. Vibes. Yeah, but that's what that person did and I was like, ah, Jesus. I feel like if you're gonna try, like do a little better. <laughs> that's what I say too. I'm like, they don't even be like they don't even be trying hard or like trying to be like yeah they just come with some lame stuff to say like okay yeah I feel like if you like if you're just people were just upfront and honest you know not in that aspect like hey you know what I may be interested I want to get to know you or something like that all right cool all right cool let's hang out which means we can be friends or we can be you know maybe we can see but yeah which gentlemen take note Exactly. I think <laughs> most of them. Um, I think I want to say most of them. I think some of them are like good natured and like want to do say something like sort of smooth or something sort of interesting. They, I don't think it's that they don't know how. I think they just like kind of are nervous or chicken out about it because like you're asking for something really personal from somebody. Mm-hmm. So I think it's partly that. But the other part me of me thinks that if of all the words you could have strung together, you thought that was <laughs> that's what you came out with. Seriously. Like, yeah. If I was gonna be nervous, Mm-mm. I would make sure I was nervous and like had something good to say, not like nervous and like I didn't even have anything substantive to say. You know what I mean? Seriously. I honestly I think when you approach it like, oh, I'm looking for someone to marry, to me that just shows your the show is like how desperate you're you are. Like you're, yeah. you're creepy ass and desperate, like which, you know, when you're desperate, you're willing to do anything. So Exactly. But I also I also don't like the ones who are too like too aggressive. Subtle, too aggressive and too straightforward and then too subtle mm-hmm. at the same time, like predatorily subtle. You know what I mean? Like they ask a bunch of like questions that are trying to figure out figure you out you know what mm-hmm. I mean uh because I you know you have a lot of that too and this Facts. is why when I say like most men approach you in a predatory manner most of them do it, <laughs> because the, the it's not just predatory in the sense that they're trying like somebody grabbing you out of an alley and like holding you down kind of thing it's not necessarily that it's mm-hmm. all these things are if you're operating with an ulterior motive that itself is predatory. It seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And a lot of times, I think sometimes nerves cause them to operate with an ulterior motive, which makes yeah, you look maybe. predatory. But other times, I feel like some of them just be just operating with an ulterior motive with no 
just have an ulterior motive. You know what I mean? Like just out very true. Very so. Very true. I've, you know, I don't know about you, but I've just never had, I've never had somebody who was like very smooth. <laughs> I guess smooth is the word, or just very like, I don't know, uh, actually pleasant to engage with. You know what I mean? Because it's the reason why a lot of times y'all y'all get immediate notes. I know we're just get, handing out d- dating advice right now. A lot of times why you get immediate notes is because you come on some creepy stuff. You, you're saying some really off the wall, like weirdo stuff to begin with. Or somebody can yeah. sense that you have an ulterior motive. If they can sense that, nine times out of ten, you're coming off creepy. You know what I mean? Or like, I've also had people that they've come on. I've had uh, like some individuals just like, they're doing me a favor by like talk, like, like, "Mm, mm, I don't, I don't need you. So Um, yeah. And then you have those who are like, mad aggressive like okay back off chill out Mm -hmm. just because I don't want to talk to you doesn't mean you have to be like F you like Mm -hmm. that's exactly why I didn't want to talk to you in the first place you know what I'm saying like exactly you look you look desperate so let's be honest here um but you know I yeah uh yeah men are something else I've never I mean all the times people have tried you know in my like life up till now has mostly been very just awkward at best and predatory at worst let's just say that even the ones who think they're being very subtle like nine times ten actually tens out of ten times out of ten i can catch what you're what you're trying to why you're asking me these questions you know what i'm saying that's fair one thing two can play this game isn't that a movie yeah that's a movie Uh. That's actually a movie about relationships and dating. Manipulating people. So like <laughs> Facts, this, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what marriage is, manipulation. Yeah, that's finest. Yeah. Nah, okay, marriage isn't all manipulation. Okay, not all, but it can be. There. It really can be. It can be manipulation, which is why we're saying like don't consider marriage before you get into it so you're not in a manipulative situation. Exactly. Yeah. Figure out what you want out of life. In relationships and stuff before you go into signing your life away on the dotted line. Exactly. So I think like before we wrap it up, I I found this term and I think this actually applies to me. It's a new word, a new term that I really had no clue about. It's called relationship anarchy. And that sounds very like intense or kind of it sounds it just is a strong term, especially anarchy. But it basically just means people within a relationship who are complete and total agents of that relationship, meaning they decide how that relationship is going to look. They don't mm-hmm. believe in one thing or another. They don't have one style of how it's going to work. It's like mm-hmm. we've committed to the partnership or we're committed mm-hmm. to each other and we're going to explore what works best for us as we go along living life. I really oh, I love, love that. that. I love that idea. I, really I feel like that's me and my relationship. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's that's, like, I that's think, me. I think the best relationships get to the point of something like relationship anarchy. I didn't know it had a name, but I yeah, think the either. best, the marriages that probably work are actually more in line with that, like idea of we're going to, as we evolve, our relationship evolves. We're in mm-hmm. charge of our relationship. We're in charge of how it looks, how it operates. This is what's going to work best for us. For sure. Which makes me think about the relation, the one relationship that we saw that was actually positive. Um, I think I would say this is how it was. 100 percent. Absolutely. I think the best, like I said, I think most, the best relationships get to the point of relationship anarchy because, Mm -hmm. you know, relationship anarchy rejects outside rules of what Mm -hmm. relationships look like. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you're able to present in relationship as you see fit as well as that person sees fit, which makes a happier life, I think. And I think you, I think you also in relationship anarchy commit the idea of evolving, of changing Mm -hmm. as necessary and improving, um, so it's saying that we are in partnership because I've committed, I like this person, I commit to this person and they are committing to me, but mm-hmm. we're committed to, we're committed to the relationship growing as we grow. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like meeting your partner where they're at in said relationship. Yes. To provide a level of like balance and equality versus it being one person is you know, offering more or the other than the other or 
um, not offering anything at all, but I still stay in said relationship and being being stuck in that place because um, that other person may not want to get out of a relationship or. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. this. I, I like yeah, this. I like this, too, because I was reading further and it actually came from men's health, which I don't like to really read men's things like that. Oh, gosh. Too, but, well, but maybe men are growing if they're thinking like this. Exactly. That's why I was like. I, I saw it and I was like, this article is actually pretty. I mean, it's really good at showing like it basically right. Relationship anarchy is about not having hierarchies in a relationship. You don't believe that one type of relationship is more important, important than another. Mm-hmm. You can agree to live separately and still raise a child if you want to, or you can live together and have a child or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's about what you and your partner have committed to because you've committed to each other. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, that's what relationships should be. There's, it's just the belief that I don't, I don't even think it's an anything goes. Cause that's the first thing people are going to say. It's like, it just means anything goes. No, it's oh, just no. Saying that we reject the, kind of that standard nuclear family monogamous heterosexual marriage that Mm -hmm. we reject that because that idea doesn't work for us and so we're gonna commit to building a new idea that does work for us even if it doesn't exactly you know i think this i i agree i think this idea pushes the narrative of being able to define what your relationship looks like what it entails what you will and will not do what you will do um and how you're going to do it right it's the who what where when and how of your relationship versus someone else defining that for you and telling you what your relationship should look like, though you may not, though you may not identify with those things or you do identify with those things. Mm -hmm. So um, as well as I think when you go into it and you have that, I think it also opens up your relationship for conversation because you Mm -hmm. have to figure out what you guys are both looking for. And if you guys can both offer each other those things and offer yourself those things by being in that relationship. So I, you know, I'm here for this. I'm here. Men's health. Good job to you for putting that one out. Yeah, because I've never heard that. I had never heard it either. But when I found, it, I was like, "This is." I've been saying this for years. I just didn't know how to term. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would say I probably identify as a relationship anarchist. And what I've been like, what I was saying earlier in the episode, like the kind of relationship I would be interested more in is just a partnership that doesn't have to look like marriage. Me, you know, doesn't have to have a marriage contract, and mm-hmm. that means. And really what I was saying was I'm invested in this person and our evolution growing and becoming and defining what a relationship looks like for us, which, again, is relationship anarchy, because Mm -hmm. we're committing to the relationship and each other, not what society thinks a relationship needs to look like. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah, and something yeah, I think it takes the societal control out of your relationship as well, you know? And takes the pressure out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes it like, how do we figure out what works for us? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it becomes mm-hmm. it. It's in actually inherently about a partnership because it's like we we have to decide how this is going to work, not exactly what I think or what you think. Mm-hmm. Or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one hundred percent. Yeah, and something else that uh, people tend to think of anarchy as chaos because they're like anarchy means total just chaos and unruliness, yeah. and you're just getting rid of all systems or whatever and it's like chaos is actually um or anarchy has started to become synopsis or synonymous excuse me with uh freedom and living harmoniously and peacefully Mm -hmm. because you can get rid of hierarchy and therefore you don't have that uh strict structure Mm -hmm. oppressing you you know what i mean or keeping you in kind of these like subjugated positions so i honestly yeah i i i love it I like for sure. I love it too. I think that I like this. Oftentimes, people associate relationship anarchy with uh, polyamorous relationships Mm -hmm. because you resist societal rules. But you can be monogamous in a uh, oh yeah relationship and a relationship anarchist relationship. So agreed. So yeah, that's that's what honestly that's how I would end this. (laughs) Just saying, like I I think I'm definitely on that relationship anarchist train. You know, by that definition. And, you know, for me, marriage isn't something that I think is necessary. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it because I'm never I'm not going to say I just I don't know the future. So I don't want to say I will or won't. But for me, I think what would be most important is definitely that partnership and defining ways to look outside of what traditional gender roles look like, look outside of what 
traditional power looks like, what traditional marriage might look like, and mm-hmm. building our relationship based off what works for us. You know? Agreed. No, I 1000% agree. I'm really glad that this term exists mm-hmm. um, and it actually has. Um, The idea has a term because now it's easier to explain um, for one and maybe push that narrative as the um, maybe push this narrative as the the new societal idea of monogamy and or marriage. So Mm -hmm. and or polyamory and polygamy. So this is a good one, a really good one. Yeah. For sure. I I wonder if, like, if we could come up with a, like, simpler term instead of, like, relationship anarchy to, like, describe it, but. Yeah. I wonder why they call it anarchy of all words, but. I think just because it rejects the social norms and, like, it rejects the old way, basically, so they consider it anarchy, but. To a lot but of people, it seems saying, like it's like far like left, like far left. Yeah, it seems so radical, and it's yeah. like it's actually not radical. It's at not all. that radical. No, it's what a lot. I of feel like a lot of people are doing. Exactly. I was going to say, I feel like that's very common in a lot of relationships today um, that don't follow the, the normal status quo of what a relationship or a monogamy should look like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I think we had a really good chat about monogamy and marriage. Exactly. We, share your thoughts with us, too, on, on your ideas of what monogamy and marriage means to you. Mm-hmm. And if you see yourself being monogamous and or married. Or a relationship or anarchist. Exactly. Yeah. That's an interesting idea for sure. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us in this episode. We look forward to talking to you guys again. Um, Yeah. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye.